Today's scripture reading is Genesis chapter 45, verses 1 through 15. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve you, a remnant on earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children, and your grandchildren, your flocks and your herds, and all you have. I will provide for you there, because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about all the honor accorded me in Egypt and about everything you have seen and bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept, and Benjamin embraced him weeping. And he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterward, his brothers talked with him. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Good morning. We are alive and well on planet Earth, and it's so great to be with you this morning. We are in a series called Family First, as we look at the blessing of family. And, and that was uh, the introduction, was talking about the gift of family a couple weeks ago. Last week, Pastor Tim talked about the gift of marriage. Uh, great message, and if you missed it, uh, I encourage you, you, you can go online to our website, alleluthran.org, and you can find that and all of our uh, recent messages are posted up there. Or I think you can also go to iTunes and just look up Alleluia Lutheran, and it'll come up that way too. Uh, so we talked about the gift of marriage. This week we're talking about the gift of siblings. And next week we'll talk about the gift of Christian community. Today, the gift of siblings. Is that an oxymoron? I mean, really? Do those two things belong together? The gift of siblings. Some of you are nudging one another like, yeah, you're not a gift. But God has given us that gift, that blessing of one another in our relationships. And there is a blessing and there is a power that exists and a potential that exists within that relationship that is like no other. 
Now, I want to give a, a, a caveat to this, as Pastor Tim did last week. Uh, if you are an only child, there's still going to be things in here for you to glean from. Maybe you're a parent with multiple kids, or you have a brother or a cousin or somebody in your life that has been like a brother or a sister to you. And certainly the themes of relationship that are in here are applicable. But we want to talk specifically today about the sibling relationship, the gift of siblings. Let's listen to some young kids here as they talk about their experience being a sibling. part about having a brother is probably it's fun and my brothers are funny. I love you because you share with me. But I don't share one toy. When you're like sad or lonely then like your brother or your sister is always there for you. When I'm sad he gives me a hug. The worst part of having a sister is you have to share. Sharing. Sharing when she always interrupts me and makes fun of me. I really don't like it when Noah hits me and punches me. We always fight. We fight almost every day. It actually starts. Every day! She starts it. Okay. So she does. Okay. That makes me crazy. I love that. It's so real, isn't it? I mean, this, this is the sibling relationship, especially uh, siblings that grow up close in age to one another. Best of friends, worst of enemies is often the phrase that is used. I am uh, one of five siblings. Uh, the other, my other siblings are 10 to 13 years older than me. Ten years after the next youngest, I came along. Surprise! My uh, older siblings all grew up within, uh, they were within 33 months of one another. Four kids. I can see some of you doing the math in your head. Uh, there are twins that are in there. And so in this picture from right, uh, from the right side, that is my oldest sister, Kathy, who lives here in Illinois. My sister, Karen, is one of the twins. And then on the far left, my brother, Keith, is the other one of those twins. And then my brother, Kevin, there uh, is the, the next youngest. And then that cute little guy there is me. They were so, at least this is what I'm told, they were so excited when they learned that they were going to have a, a kid brother or a kid sister. In those days, you, you didn't know. You couldn't know. And they actually fought over whose room I would sleep in. This is what I'm told. They actually fought over that. They were so excited. They were awesome to me when I came. I mean, you got these older siblings. I... They were gods to me in a way. I mean, they just could do no wrong. Well, maybe they still could do some wrong. They were my brothers and sisters after all, and they seemed to have a special knack for teasing me. Uh, for example, they knew I was extremely ticklish, 
And so they would gang up on me and tickle me until I cried. And if I didn't cry, then they would take the cushion off the couch, put me on the couch, and then put the cushion back on and sit on top of me until I would finally relent. Brothers and sisters, what a joy. They still tease me some to this day. This is from a few years ago. You all know what a big Cardinal fan I am. And they decided uh, we, we got uh, some tickets to the game. And so uh, four out of the five of us were together. And we were going to go to the Cards-Cubs game. And they went to the store. And they came back wearing Cubs t-shirts. Now, only one of them is really, cons- I would consider, a kind of a true Cub fan. The others were just kind of in there to, you know, just, eh, here's a little something there for you. Yeah, we still have some times where we tease one another, even though we're kind of grown up. Still, as I was growing up, I I looked up to them. And I aspired to have certain characteristics that each one of them had and to learn from them. And they gave me good things to learn from, and they gave me some bad things to learn from as well. And I learned what to do, and I learned what not to do. Kind of a good-sized family there. But it's not anywhere near like the size of the family that Joseph had. Anybody remember how many brothers... Uh, siblings and sisters that Joseph had? How many were there total? This is a trick question, kind of, because you might be tempted to say 12, right? There are 12 brothers. But in there, in the Bible, there is named one sister. That poor girl. Oh, poor Dinah. In there with 12 brothers. They were protective of her, though. 13 siblings that were named. Jacob, if you remember some of that story, Jacob loved Rachel, and his father-in-law, Laban, wouldn't give him Rachel to marry. He actually tricked him, and he ended up marrying Leah, who was the older sister, and then he had to work longer, and then he could marry Rachel. And so Jacob had two wives, not uncommon in that day, and so he had wives by Leah, and Rachel, however, was barren and couldn't have children. And so he actually ended up having, in those days, if you couldn't have a child um, by your spouse, then you could have that because it's important for that to continue um, your, your family, and that could be done via a servant. And so he actually had... Uh, Children by four different women. Leah, Rachel, and their servants. Well, Rachel was barren, but eventually God blessed her with a child. And that was, uh, after all of the others had been born, along came Joseph. And then, a while after that, Rachel had another child. This would be the last one, the youngest, Benjamin. And so Joseph and Benjamin were full-blood siblings. And the others were, um, they were half-siblings to them. 
Jacob loved Rachel, loved her the most. And that love and that favoritism transferred on to Joseph and to Benjamin. And we learn in Scripture that Jacob treated Joseph differently, showed him more favorite favor, more love, more blessing. Anybody remember the coat of many colors called an ornamental robe in the NIV translation, or as Andrew Lloyd Webber calls it, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat? Anybody seen this, either with Donny Osmond or somebody, some other production yet? Great. It's, it tells, uh, through song and through this uh, incredible play, it tells that story of Joseph and his brothers. How many of you in your families, as we talk about favoritism, have ever heard the phrase uttered, it's not fair? How many of you have heard that in your families or maybe uttered it? Yeah. It's not fair. Why does, why does he get to do that? Why, why doesn't she get in trouble? I always get in trouble. Why, why can't I do this? You're not treating me fairly. Favoritism is real in many cases. Sometimes, though, we, we treat as parents, we, um, we interact with our kids differently because our kids are different from one another. But sometimes that can come off to a child as showing favoritism. Sometimes it's real. Sometimes it's just in the mind of the one who feels that they're not being favored. There's an Avett Brothers song that talks about this. Anybody know the Avett Brothers? Show of hands. Oh, they're an awesome, uh, great group. Uh, Singer-songwriters, kind of in that uh, uh, folk music kind of genre, rock folk. Um, But they have a, a song where the lyric talks about and they're actual brothers that are in this, and they talk about feeling like the other is being favored over the other. Let's uh, listen to part of that lyric. The things that I think of No need to get over along I'm coming home brother is better which one our parents loved most I sure did get in lots of trouble they seemed to let the other go a tear fell from my father's eyes I wondered what my dad would say he said I love you and I'm proud of you both in so many different ways. Isn't that beautiful? I love you and I'm proud of you both in so many different ways. Think of the kids' book, I Love You the Purplest. Any of you know that one? But it talks about this. 
kind of that sibling rivalry, but a parent's love, how that can exist equally and abundantly for all of their kids. Well, I don't know if this, uh, this or a type of this lyric was going through Jacob's mind or coming off of his lips as he interacted with his children. The Bible makes it pretty clear that he did show favoritism to Joseph, not just with the coat, but in other ways. And that led the brothers to be jealous. Anybody remember what happened when Joseph came out to check on them one day in the flock? Remember what they did? They beat up their younger brother and they threw him in a pit. Parents, next time your kids are treating one another unkindly, put it in the perspective of this story and what Joseph's brothers did to him. And not only did they beat him up and throw him in a pit, but along come some slave traders. And they come up with the great idea, I know how we can get rid of this dreamer once and for all. And they sell him into slavery. Then they take this beautiful coat, this robe that has been given to Joseph by their father, and they put animal's blood on it. And they take it back to their father, Jacob, and they show it to him, and they say, your son Joseph has been killed by a wild animal. Of course, Jacob is destroyed by this. But the brothers think that they have finally gotten rid of this troublesome little brother once and for all. And for quite a while they had. But Joseph ended up in Egypt... Eventually, he ended up unjustly in jail. And while he was in jail, Joseph used his gift of being able to interpret dreams. And that brought some attention to this gift. The Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, had uh, some dreams that he was tormented by, that he couldn't understand, that he couldn't make sense of. And he heard about this Joseph who had the ability to interpret dreams, and so he sent for him. And Joseph came, and the, the Pharaoh told him the dreams. And Joseph told him, this is what your dream means. In the next seven years, we will have a bumper crop. It will be years of plenty. But that will be followed by seven years of famine. Because of Joseph's interpretation, the Pharaoh and the people of Egypt were able to prepare for what was about to come, to save up during that time of plenty so that they could weather the famine for those seven years. And for this gift that Joseph had given to the Pharaoh and the people of Egypt, the Pharaoh made him second in command, answering only to the Pharaoh himself. And so Joseph went from being beat up and thrown in a pit and sold into slavery, ended up from being unjustly imprisoned to becoming this powerful ruler of a country that he wasn't even from. The famine came. And the famine came to the land where Jacob and his children were. 
And Jacob heard about there being plenty in Egypt. And so he had uh, sent his remaining sons to go and to ask of the Pharaoh if they could buy some of the food from Egypt. Where did the brothers end up? But coming before Joseph, their little brother, who they had betrayed and sold into slavery. But they didn't recognize it was him. Joseph recognized them, however, and he had a little fun for a while. You can read more about that in the, in the chapters preceding this, uh, Genesis 45. But finally, he couldn't take it anymore, and that's where we come to this text today. He was overcome by emotion. And so he cleared the room of everybody else except his brothers, and he revealed himself to them. This story, while unique in its particulars to be sure, reveals much about the family and sibling relationships. Competition, jealousy, anger. But it also reveals devotion, generosity, and love. It reveals one other very important aspect forgiveness when the brothers realize that this person of power standing before them is their own brother who they mistreated and betrayed they are terrified i mean here he is in this position of power they're coming to him to ask this favor and now he's revealed himself to them and what is what's he going to do Joseph, however, has come to forgive them in his heart. He had plenty of time to think and to ponder and to reflect upon what had happened. And I imagine he was furious, distraught, hurt. But through that time, he'd come to forgive them in his own heart. And so when they showed up, he was able to speak kindly to them. You see, Joseph had seen the bigger picture. He says there in um, that passage from Genesis 45, Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. And when they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one who you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. Joseph had every opportunity to play the blame game, to get back at them, to seek revenge. But he had caught a, a picture, a bigger picture of what was going on. What can we take away from this story? What is God's word for us in the sibling relationship and in our families and in the other relationships of our life? Well, we see in this story that that there is a bigger picture. A picture of the reality of family dynamics, to be sure. The good and the bad and the ugly of that. But there's something bigger going on here. 
how God is able to use that relationship, that relationship of being siblings to do something greater. The family unit and specifically the sibling relationship is the place where we first learn the challenges of existing with others. Where we learn to control our selfish nature and where we confront the harsh reality that the world does not actually revolve around us. How many of you have ever watched young kids figuring that out? It's a painful process. But it's one that you can see being worked out there in that sibling relationship. It's the place where our identity is shaped and molded. It's where we are challenged, sharpened, and refined. It's the place where we learn devotion, generosity, and love. Our sibling relationships are an incubator for living with a faith perspective and living out of biblical values. Proverbs 8.24 says this, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. This is talking about the value of of a close and a, and a powerful friendship. But what is it compared to? I compare it to that of the sibling relationship. There is an understanding here that the sibling relationship has power to be one of the greatest relationships in our lives. Whether you're a child or whether you're a teenager or whether you're an adult, whether your relationship with your sibling or siblings is close or estranged, we learn from this story of Joseph and his brothers that there is no situation that is irretrievable. No harm that cannot be overcome by forgiveness. And no greater dynamic for learning what it's like to live in relationship than that the gift of siblings. Let's pray. Creator God, thank you for the blessing that you give us in one another, for the blessing of family, for the blessing of siblings. Lord, you have given us that as a place where we can grow, where we can be challenged, where we can Learn what it's like to live in relationships. Sometimes that can be so challenging, so difficult. What a blessing it can be when we learn to operate out of a place of love, forgiveness, and grace, selflessness. Lord, continue to bless our relationships with our family. Bless our relationships with those who are closest to us. That we may experience your love through them. We pray in your name. Amen.